In describing the techniques which some people have used to develop lucid dreams, we do not wish it to be thought that we are in any way advocating that people should do this. There have been suggestions that it might be bad for people to become too interested in their dream life, which might lead to their losing contact with reality, and also that people might be depriving themselves of the benefits physical and psychological, which may be produced by sleeping with only the normal sort of dreams. It has also been suggested that people might, if they cultivate the habit of asking themselves whether they are dreaming, sometimes ask themselves this question in waking life and come to the wrong conclusion, and do things which were a danger to themselves or to others, such as jumping out of windows. In fact, we have never heard of anyone complaining that lucid dreams had led them into trouble in their lives or into any form of danger. Although, of course, it may be said that most habitual lucid dreamers are people who have liked the idea of having them sufficiently to devote some attention to developing them. And it is also possible that those who had any kind of unpleasant early experience connected with them simply did not continue. However, reports from habitual lucid dreamers are actually positive. They claim that lucid dreaming does not in fact diminish the value of their night's sleep, and on the contrary, that they sometimes derive from it an afterglow of energy and exhilaration, which may last more than a day. We have never heard of a case of someone throwing themselves in front of the traffic to find out whether it would stop, as people sometimes do in lucid dreams, or doing anything of a similarly dangerous nature in waking life. However, we could not commit ourselves to saying that there were no risks attached to the developing of lucid dreams and certainly would not recommend anyone to do so if they had any disinclination for this form of experiment. If 
if a dreamer wants to develop or extend the lucid periods in his dreams, he can think about the idea of lucid dreaming during the day and before he goes to sleep, so that he is more likely to become lucid during any nightmare that occurs and thus have a way of controlling the nightmare. This way of relieving nightmares can be used by people of all ages, including children. The Marquis Dervé de Saint-Denis, a habitual lucid dreamer, was at one stage in his life suffering from a recurrent nightmare from which he managed to release himself by developing lucidity. In these nightmares he would find himself being chased by dreadful monsters through an endless series of rooms. These nightmares seemed to be becoming more frequent. He only had to find himself in a room for the thought of monsters to arise, and then the monsters would appear. Finally, in one such experience, the recurrent situation made him aware that he was dreaming. And instead of trying to run away from the monsters, he set his back to a wall, determined to confront his pursuers. I stared at my principal assailant. He bore some resemblance to one of those bristling and grimacing demons which are sculptured on cathedral porches. Academic curiosities soon overcame all my other emotions. I saw the fantastic monster halt a few paces from me, hissing and leaping about. Once I had mastered my fear, his actions appeared merely burlesque. I noticed the claws on one of his hands, or paws, I should say. There were seven in all, each very precisely delineated. The monster's features were all very precise and realistic. Hair and eyebrows, what looked like a wound in his shoulder, and many other details. The result of concentrating attention on this figure was that all his acolytes vanished as if by magic. Soon the leading monster also began to slow down, lose precision, and take on a downy appearance. He finally changed into a sort of floating hide, which resembled the faded costumes used as street signs by fancy dress shops at carnival times. 